Welcome to the Go All In Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Bruss, and I'm proud to be bringing you these stories of everyday heroes from Sydney, Australia. Now, I don't really like generalizations, but I think I would be right in saying that each and every one of us at some point in our lives have been knocked down by life. <laughs> we all know how to get back up again as well. That's just human nature. We all know how to put one foot in front of the other and keep on moving forward. But sometimes the knock that life throws at you is much harder than you ever expect. And that comes in different forms. It could be a relationship that comes undone, a sudden loss of a job, or worst of all, a health challenge. Today on the show, our guest is Paul Higgins. And as you'll hear, he's faced a challenge that many of us will never, ever have to face. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, it's not about what's put in front of us to challenge us in life, but more about how we handle it and how you deal with the emotions of a difficult situation that you find yourself in. As you'll hear in the interview, Paul handles himself with absolute grace and dignity without ever losing his zest for life. His business, Build, Live, Give, perfectly embodies the go-all-in spirit, and it's my pleasure to have him on the show. Please help me in welcoming Paul Higgins. Well, good day, Paul. Welcome to the Go All In podcast, mate. It's great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Great to be here. All right, before we kick off and get into your story and talk about all of this Go All In mindset stuff, I'd like to spend a little bit of time on the front end of the show here and a little fun warm-up and ask a couple of random questions to get us a bit loosened and limbered up for it. It's in yeah, no sure. particular order. It's pretty random, mate. Just tell me the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you the question. You ready? Yep, go for it. Can you ride a motorbike? I definitely can. Have you got one? All right, well, this is a big debate, right? I had a scooter, which I called a motorbike, and my kids called it a scooter. Come but on, I just sold that. come on. <laughs> but my, uh, my brother was a, uh, used to ride super bikes. Oh, yeah. And I used to ride his bike, get off shaking, and he'd say, you're not to go near my bike again. So you've, I've got a, a need for speed. So I can ride a motorbike, maybe not that well, but I go fast. Do you take that bike around the track? No, I never had that opportunity. We're similar stature. And he said, look, just put on the helmet and the leathers and pretend mm-hmm. you're me. I'm like, well, I won't take long until they realize that I'm not you. But I never took him up. I should have. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing better than having a thousand cc's between your legs, right? Yeah, yeah. His was, yeah, it was, it was incredible. Like, unfortunately, being known to do, you know, 260, 270 k's an hour on his bike. So it was, uh, yeah, pretty breathtaking. A fly at that, at that speed is like a brick. Yeah, absolutely. I rode motorbikes for years and years. That's why I like to ask other guys if they ride bikes. And, you know, when you have that little connection with somebody, it's like, yeah, man, we all know what that's like. It's, that's really cool. So that's very nice for us. I've been threatening to get another one for years, but I just haven't got there. I think other responsibilities and priorities get in the way. It's just kind of life, right? Yeah, I just don't trust myself. So that's why I had a scooter only. And now I've got a mountain bike, electric mountain bike, because I just don't trust myself with speed. And I could tell you another story about a Ferrari in Italy at another time. But yeah, me and speed, I, I love it. I was going to ask you that. That was the next question. You like two wheels, right? You're a big fan of cycling. Do you prefer mountain biking or, or riding on the road? Uh, road, yeah. So I used to ride about 600 k's a week. Um, yep. I was a pretty serious road rider. And now I've got the mountain bike just to go on trails. But uh, yeah, road was my thing. But, How many uh, hours is 600 kilometers? Oh, look, it's a lot. Too, mu- too much to really uh, remember. But let's say on average, you'd sit probably, you know, between 30 to 40 k's an hour. So yep. whatever the math is on that is sort of roughly what you do. But yeah, it was a long time away from my family. So now I'm spending more time with my family, which is great. Way, 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 way back when in the day, I rode my push bike from Brisbane to Sydney. Wow. 
Yeah, we did a, uh, when I was in the military, we did a charity ride and we raised money for the Sir David Martin Foundation back in the day. And it was a hell of an experience. I was in the Navy at the time. We got off the ship in Brisbane and, and we tracked inland. We didn't go along the coast. Yes. And it was really kind of fun because it was a bunch of about 20 of us and it wasn't serious, you know. It was, we, we all had proper road bikes and we were all really fit and, you know, in our early 20s and whatnot. And it was a lot of fun. But we would rock up in these country towns and we would ring ahead and tell the, the councillors and the mayors and whatnot that we were coming into town. And, and there'd be a bunch of 20 guys that rocked in and they'd be all wearing like white Navy uniforms. And the looks that we got in these country towns, people were like, what's happening here? We, we, we couldn't work it out. And we went around the town raising money and I think we must have raised about $10,000 on the first trip. And then shortly after, we did another one from Melbourne to Adelaide. And I swear, I swear to you after that, I swore I would never get on another road bike again. Yeah. And just out of interest, the Melbourne to Adelaide, what time of year was that? Uh, that was like in autumn. Uh, autumn. That's yeah. much better than summer. What we were doing was, because you're riding from east to west, you've got a headwind the whole time. And it's okay in the morning for about, till about 10am. But from 10am onwards, you just get a westerly wind in your face the whole time. And what would feel like, if, I swear, it must have been riding at 30 or 40 kilometres an hour, but actually over the ground, you're only making... 15 kilometers an hour because the wind is so hard in your face the whole time. That was a real slog, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. Great reason to get an e-bike. Absolutely <laughs> right. Absolutely. Did you ever compete in any races, cycling? Uh, no, not races. But uh, every morning we rode, it was like a, a race against your, your mind, you know. Yeah, sort of, you know, in the dark, especially in winter, in the dark, doing sort of, you know, 55 k's an hour and, you know, a millimeter apart. It was like you're in a race, but yeah, no, I didn't. A lot of my mates did, but I, because of my condition, which I'm sure we'll talk about, I um, just didn't want to risk having a fall. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough too. And, and tell me, mate, um, do you prefer the beach or the bush? Beach. Beach. What? Yes. Tell, tell the audience where you live. Uh, so I live in Hampton in Melbourne, Australia. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the beach is okay. It's not as good as some of our beaches here in Australia. <laughs> but uh, live pretty close, about a k and a half from the water. So uh, yeah, it's lovely. Very nice, very nice. And and tell me, is it still a preference for cardio over weights, or do you get in the gym every now and then as well? Look, you you wouldn't think, given my stature, but look, I I do. On Saturday was the actually the official first time I can go back to the gym. So I started Pilates, which is great. But uh, yeah, I like to do a, a mixture of both. So I can't wait to get back and uh, get in a little bit of condition. I'm still one of the skinniest men to be known in on earth but uh, I, I do like doing both <laughs> well for the for the blokey bloke masculine men listening to the go all in podcast that are going oh he's out there doing pilates i challenge you i challenge you to go and do a pilates lesson and he, to tell you, you know from my experience it's one of the most humbling workouts that you can ever do right yeah yeah it's 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 great and uh, I, I play a bit of tennis a bit of golf and just the difference between those after doing pilates versus prior was was fantastic did you notice it in your in your tennis shots? Like you had a little bit more power, or yeah, or yeah, definitely, and definitely in the serve, and, and and certainly less. I was less sore afterwards, so you know I used to have quite a sore back, whereas strengthening the core gave me more power, but it also meant that I spent less time at the physio. Nothing better than a bit more mobility. I've had a uh, I've had a, a dodgy shoulder for about probably about nine months now, and I just kind of I fed up with it, and I went to the gym and I was pushing some weights, and it was really like sore not injury sore but but sore and I, and I for the whole time I've been injured I haven't felt like I've been able to do anything and after about two weeks now of of rehabbing myself and rehabbing via YouTube videos which is you shouldn't do that don't do that whatever you do go to a proper yes. physio if you're listening <laughs> rehabbing myself via the the YouTube videos and and physios 
I'm feeling like a million bucks and just getting a bit more flexibility, a bit more mobility back in there. So I feel your position. I know what it's like to get back on the horse and get going with it again. It's, it's good fun, right? Yeah, definitely. Cool, cool. All right, last, uh, last question for the warm-up quiz here. Serious podcasting question, Paul. It's very, very serious, mate. Do you, do you spend any time during the day in meditation or contemplation or something like that? Yeah, so in short, yes. So I uh, do a nap every day. So uh, 22 or 24 minutes, that's uh, just after my lunch. So that's great. Yeah, siesta, definitely. Highly recommended. It is fantastic. I have one today. I actually extended it to 30 minutes because I was up at 4.30 this morning with uh, some of my US clients. Mm -hmm. But uh, I do that. I meditate every night before I go to sleep. So about quarter to 10, unwind. So I do that and I call walking the dog a meditation. So normally that is somewhat time during the day. It depends how many times she annoys me. So, yep, definitely do that every day. Beautifully said, beautifully said. And and does the meditation clear your mind or are you contemplating on something while you're doing that? I'm I'm interested because I can't, I can't, I'm a thousand miles an hour. And if I try and sit, even in a guided meditation, I try and sit, I just can't clear my mind. So I'm more of, I'm a bit more contemplative than like, as you say, walking the dog. I don't have a dog, but I, I spend a lot of time outside yes. doing that and thinking about media free, no media, no phone, no nothing in my ears, but thinking about whatever it is that I'm, I'm working on. Is that the same for you or is it kind of a clear? Yeah, clear well, mind I think, um, so I use the Headspace app. It's a guided meditation, but you know, they, they talk about being comfortable that your, your mind's going to race a million miles an hour. It's just bringing it back. So it's not trying to quieten the mind. It's just trying to refocus the mind. So I find that, uh, it's really beneficial. So for me, I'm the same. And, and when you take, uh, for the condition I've got, when you take uh, steroids uh, for it, your mind just races a million miles an hour. Certainly when you get the highest dose, now I'm coming down. Mm-hmm. But I found that really hard because I found meditating at night, that helped quieten the mind and stop that racing so I got a better night's sleep. Beautiful. What's the name of that app again for the people that didn't quite catch yeah. it? Headspace. Headspace. Awesome. Well, so I'll look that up and I'll make sure that the link to that app is included in the show notes. So if you just peek at your phone while you're listening to this podcast, you'll see the link to the Headspace app there. So check it out. Recommended by Paul Higgins. Nice job, mate. Thank you for sharing Thanks, that. Sir. All right, mate. Well, let's get into it. People, come on over to the Go All In podcast to learn more about others that have gone all in. So if you could, Paul, could you please, mate, Share with us your biggest go-all-in story or stories and the lessons that you've learned from your commitment to success. Yeah, so so mine was uh, I was a, a senior exec in a pretty well-known company, Coca-Cola. So I you know spent eighteen years there. It was a fantastic company, but um, in the running in the back of that, that I had a an inherited condition called polycystic kidney disease, and it's basically in simplest terms, you got kidneys that are normally the size of a tennis ball or for some people around the, in Australia, a cricket ball, you know, some, some of the countries, I'd say, but let's say tennis ball, it's a bit more of a global sport, where mine ended up more than like a soccer ball. Okay. So it was the cysts that grow your kidneys and effectively have kidney failure. So in 2011, my specialist said, look, you keep flying around the world, working as hard as you, you do, you're going to have failure in about two years. And, and roughly on dialysis, you know, you might spend, you know, 10 years is sort of the max that you might get on dialysis. Some people got a lot longer, but that's the average. And a transplant, you had to wait six to seven years. So, you know, it was a pretty good reason for me to, to make a jump. So that's what I did. I, I made a, a jump and burnt the bridges and uh, or burnt the boat, as they say. And that was back in 2011. And, and did you like your corporate job? 
look, I, it was a sort of a marriage that I was trying to get out of, if that's the easiest way I could describe it. It was for a long time, I, I absolutely loved it. Like working for the Coke company and I've been in and consulted to lots of other companies. The Coke company is a brilliant company. They do a great thing, but mm. they don't often sell the best product in the world. So, you know, as time got on and having a kidney disease, which I'm not saying that Coke directly causes kidney disease, but sugar and kidney disease go hand in hand for a lot of people, not for me, but for a lot, and diabetes in particular. So I just didn't feel comfortable working for a company like that anymore. Mm-hmm. And also for me to have a, a different career path, I had to either travel overseas or sacrifice my family. And I wasn't really prepared to do that. And I'm not a plotter. I'm not a person that can just sit in a comfortable job, do it for the next 10 years. That's just not me. So, um, yeah, so I loved my time there, but it was time for me to go. So career transitions are something that we talk about a lot on this show because I think it just affects every single person. And, and one of the, the poignant topics that I encounter all the time, and it's one of my favorite topics because I, for the people listening, the long-time listeners, welcome back. Thank you for coming. If you're a first-time listener, you've never heard the show before, uh, my background is as a digital marketer. I've had a, an agency for a very long time and I've helped all sorts of businesses up and down the the scale of businesses, everything from startups to, to major blue chip companies, not Coke, but companies like that, certainly. And one of my favorite things to do is to help startups. So I love, I love hearing the story of people taking the leap from corporate world to their own business. Did you have a plan there or was this kind of something that took a little while to form in your mind or did you just go, right, I'm going to make a decision. I'm out of here. I'll work it out when I leave. Yeah. So the, the short answer is every year we had a golf trip with, uh, with a core group of friends and every year I'd promise them that I wouldn't be at Coke the next year and they'd all laugh because I met my wife at Coke, my father worked there for 25 years, they're like, you know, you cut yourself, you bleed Coke, so you will never leave that company and I'd promise myself in about five years, sure enough, next golf trip I wouldn't, wouldn't jump. So I think the health condition helped push me but my big fear was always, what am I going to do? You know, what am I best at? What am I going to do? I don't know what to do. So at the end, I decided, look, I'll just go out and be a a coach. I love coaching people. That's something that I was known for within corporate. So I'll just go out and do that. And that's effectively what I jumped into. And now it's sort of pivoted in a way from there, but that's what I initially did. And if anyone, you know, listening now and you're sort of in a job that you're not happy with, and you're just wondering, I don't know what to do. Sometimes if you recommend building up a buffer of salary, but sometimes it's best just to you know, go and do something, even if it's you know, working, ask your employer if you can work three days or four days a week rather than five or work at night on something, just go out and have a go at something because what you start with is very, or it's often not the case what you'll finish with. Yeah, it's a, and that's kind of a unique situation that you were in as well. A lot of people that start a business and go into the startup space have an idea. You know, I've got a, I've got a widget or I've got a service or I've got something that I know that I'm better than anybody else at and I'm going to get into this market. I don't care how competitive it is and have a crack, but you're kind of there going, well, I've got to make a jump. My health's not so great. I'm, it doesn't line up with my ethics anymore. I'm ready to go. And then you, you go and do it. For the people listening that don't know what your business is, can you share the name of it for us? Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, Build, Live, Give. And it's simply about building a great business. So it's predominantly for, you know, solopreneurs want to build their own business. They then want to fund 
the money they make out of the business to live a great life. So that's different for everyone, but I think a lot of people that have been in a job, been in a, an unhappy relationship with their job, they know what that means, and then give back. So, you know, I give back to the Purple House, which is helping uh, Aboriginals predominantly in Australia with uh, dialysis, which, you know, I was part of. Mm-hmm. So, um, and for different people, it's, it's different things. And I suppose in a way the community I've created is uh, my form of giving back. So that's uh, effectively what we do. That's beautiful. And so you deal with people that are in startup phase or are they just working for themselves and trying to break through? What, what, what part of their business are they in? What phase are they in? Yeah, so, so some people come to me that are in corporate at the moment or in jobs and saying, look, hey, you know, I want to do what you're doing. I, I want to be able to work from anywhere. I want to earn good money. Awesome. I don't want to have to face up to those. So we definitely get a lot of people like that. But then we get a lot of coaches and consultants that are sort of two, three years out. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, I've got all the lifestyle, but I just haven't got the financials right. And, you know, I don't want to tap into my savings. So we do a lot of work with people uh, like that. And then I've got a couple of private clients that are bigger businesses that are, you know, in quite high tra- trajectory. And that's mm-hmm. where I sort of tap into my corporate background. But uh, yeah, they're, they're sort of the three key buckets. Very nice. Very nice. And what, what are the common, what you hear on the Go All In podcast, Paul, I've got to ask you about their commitments and what are the common traits you see amongst people about to take a leap? So folks that are in corporate, because I have, I know, I do know that I have a lot of listeners that are about to take the leap. And the reason I know that is because I get feedback from the audience. And they're like, hey, Rob, you know, I'm still in a corporate job and I'm about to go. I'm going to go all in. I'm on the edge. I'm teetering. I'm going back to work on Monday. But <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I don't quite get there. It's like, what are the common threads that you see that kind of get people there? Yeah, look, at, look at, the one common thing is that it, nothing's common, right? So it, everyone's got their individual story. But, but if I bucket in a couple of things, so one I think is um, definitely time with family. I think, you know, they wake up in a hotel, they wake up somewhere or a major incident might happen at home, whether their child's sick and they're not there or something like that. And they just think, you know what? I just got to spend more time with my family. I'm just sick of doing that. So I think there's definitely that. I think there is health. So, you know, for me, it was hell. And I come across a lot of people to say, it's not just physical health conditions like I've got, but also mental, just burnout, stress. Mm. They're not happy with the person they've become, et cetera. And uh, I think that is the second. And then the third one is the old redundancy or, you know, downsizing or whatever you want to term it. So, you know, a lot of people that have got fantastic experience, they'll leave a great career. And then often the only uh, opportunity for them is to come back work as a contractor. Because, you know, companies these days don't necessarily want to employ someone on that wage and, and uh, on those super, et cetera. So they'll look more for contractors and they will permanent. And I think that gig economy is becoming more and more pronounced. So I think um, that's, they're sort of the three most common ones that I see. Mm, very, very interesting. And, and I'm sure the people listening are like, am I in category one, two or three? <laughs> and some can be in all. <laughs> but yeah, you can, have a, you can have a foot in each camp. You can, have, you can dance in between the camps, right? Yes. So what would you say to somebody that's thinking about taking the leap that can't quite get there? You kind of alluded to it before and said, just have a crack, have a go at it like that. But you know, that's there's, there's easy for you and me to say because we're on the other side of it all. It's, it's a very scary thing. I had a, before I, I, I let you answer that question, let me go off on my little tangent here because kind of I like to do this sometimes. I, I had a mate of mine, he's been my friend for a very long time, must be 10, 12 years or something like that. And we worked on a couple of projects together years and years ago. That's how we became friends and we've been mates forever. And he's had this same career for a very long time and he's teetering on the edge of doing something else. And he's really, really passionate about doing this other thing and 
He's got great content, great delivery, great. Everything's 10 out of 10. But then in his mindset, there's a bit of imposter syndrome going on. Yes. And, and I said to him, look, man, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, and I know he listens to this show. I'm not going to say his name, but he probably knows that I'm talking to him. But no matter what happens, if you want to score a goal, you've got to get out on the pitch and, and you've got to play footy. You're just not going to get to kick a goal unless you're out there on the park having a go. And, and he's like, yeah, yeah, you're the double in guy. And I'm like, double in, man. Come on, come on. And then I know like we finished the message like back and forth and he's probably like sitting there going, oh, I still feel like an imposter. You know? I still, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. I, I, I don't know. What, what would you say to somebody that's like wanting to go all in but can't quite get there? Yeah, look, I think first thing is, you know, it's very common. So, so don't think that, you know, it's unusual and it's only you. It's, it's very common. Everybody. So, you know, correct. Like, like I said, I dealt with it for at least five years. So I think that's definitely part of it. I think the other thing uh, now is there's some great podcasts that you listen to to get mm-hmm. an insight into what it's like and hear other people's struggles. So there's obviously this podcast, which is fantastic. I've got one which is currently called Corporate Escapees, but it will be rebranded to Build Live Give shortly. But, you know, it's the same thing. You can hear and learn a lot. And I think podcasts is a brilliant way to, to sort of alleviate some of that fear. And, and most fears in someone's mind are well overplayed. So they're far worse in your mind than what the reality is. But I think, you know, talking to people that have made the jump, uh, hear their stories through podcasts and join a community where you will be embraced and you can learn from others. I think the mistake I made was I got a mentor or a coach when I left corporate, which was great, but I didn't really have anybody else that had gone through a similar journey to me or were ahead of me in my journey. And that's, to be honest, why I created Build, Live, Give is to help people with that. So uh, I think, you know, those things will definitely help, but it's never as scary and it's never as hard as you think. Running your own business, it is. Like it's not a walk in the park. But if you get some good mentoring and get some good advice, it can certainly, I call it the highway. So if you want to get to whatever success is and you're traveling at 100 mile an hour or or 60 mile an hour, 100 kilometers an hour, depends where you are in the world, you know, what you don't want to do is is detours. So you don't want to, you know, turn off onto the wrong wrong street. It might be a dead end. It might send you backwards, et cetera. You want to stay on that highway as long as possible. And I think getting that guidance is how you do it. And just because you're really successful in corporate, those skills aren't the ones that will necessarily make you successful in your own business. So you need to learn those skills. And, you know, I think the fear is there and the fear sometimes will get you to think that you've got to do it all yourself. You don't have to. Yeah, that's, that's really, really well said. Sticking with the, the highway analogy, because I like that a lot and you, you see it from a coaching perspective. I see it in the digital marketing world as well. If we can talk about bucket number two of people that are three or four years into their business, that's probably the, the sweet spot of what I do from a marketing perspective and an agency perspective, so to speak, because those people uh, have usually got a bit of cash behind them. They've got a bit of momentum behind them. But the way I describe it to to pull on the thread of your analogy is I find that they're stuck in second gear. Yes. And for the, the folks that are a little bit older, kind of in my demographic, I'm, you look like you're about 25 there on the other side, Paul, for the people that can't see. He's, <laughs> it might, must be a bad camera you're in. He's a really young guy. <laughs> <laughs> we used to drive a manual car and when the car was in second gear, you'd put the clutch in, you'd crack it into third gear. And if you're out on the highway or the freeway, you'd quickly put it into fourth gear, then to fifth. And I find that when business can do the same thing with that analogy, you're, you're stuck in second gear. For whatever reason, they just get stuck there. If you can just bang the clutch in and then you just go third, fourth, fifth, before you know it, you just gather so much momentum behind you. 
What is it that you see as the common thread there of businesses being stuck in second gear? And I'll, you share your bit, I'll share my bit and see maybe we can share something with the audience that they can learn. Yeah, sure. So um, I've basically got, uh, I call it my five rapid ghost drivers. So how do you get to second to fifth? So I think the first thing is the use of your time. Your time is the most critical asset in your business. And I find that people are just either focusing their time on the wrong things or just trying to do too much. So I highly recommend a couple of key things. So one is get the right technology in place. And technology doesn't have to be scary anymore. It can be very easy to use. And then tap into outside resources. So number one high should be a VA. I can't, to me, every person running a business these days, your own business should have a virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. So I think that's absolutely critical. And then the other one is the mindset piece. So you talked about it before, you know, having meditation, you know, taking care of your mind because your mind is what creates all the value in your business. So that's one, two, ideal client, define your ideal client, get that right. You'll get referrals. You'll know how to market. And I'm sure you teach all your clients that. Three is the business model. So yes, you might be serving the right person. You might know their pain point, et cetera. But if it's not making you the money to fund your lifestyle, it's not worth it. And I see so many people underpricing and not pricing well enough. And the pricing gives you then money to invest back in your business and also invest out of your business because you're the greatest risk in your business. So you've got to put that in other assets. So the fourth is sales focus. And I think, you know, there's in marketing, there's free paid and joint venture, the three best ways. And I think LinkedIn at the moment is one of the best ways for a B2B business. So if you're not doing the right things on, on LinkedIn, I can, at the end of the show, I can give a download to help people uh, with that. And then around sales focus, it's around that mindset again. So a lot of people use sales as a negative word. It's actually just helping people. So it's helping where someone is to where they should be and whether you can help them. So there's a, that, and then the last one is that high performing team again. So, you know, what if we like four core activities that you spend 80% of your time on. So you do that and then you get someone else to do all the rest. And these days that can be anybody anywhere. We've got 400 vetted suppliers in our community or experts. So if you come to me and say, hey, you know, I need a digital marketing expert, I'd say, well, Rob, you know, I'll recommend you to Rob and maybe three others you know, or a podcast valet service, I recommend you to Rob and a couple of others so that you can tap into their resources to expedite. So they're the things that we mentor people on to get out of that second gear into fifth. Beautiful. I, I love it. I love it. It's just so, uh, so practical and so pragmatic for me for, on my side of that, uh, on my side of the tennis net, if we could hit the ball back over like that, because you yes. love tennis, I'll use the analogy. I managed to, I thought about this a lot lately because I've had, I seem to have had a series of clients that are stuck in second gear and it's a bit, it's like a conundrum when it comes to you. What do I do with this person? You know, what, they've got a great business. They've got a great message. They've got, and, and you're trying to get to the bottom of what's not working for them. And for me, it's, it's a little bit easier for me than it is for you because you're kind of looking at it from a 50,000 foot view and you're taking a holistic view of it. I'm looking at one element of it. And, you know, they're, they're usually coming to me for, for one or two things. You know, hey, my, my advertising is not working or my marketing is not working or my message is not right. And so much easier for me than it is for you. But what, what I found is when I boil it all down, the thing that seems to keep people in second gear when it comes to digital marketing and your message is just one word, yeah? One word, distraction. And coupled with distraction, the, the solution to distraction is focus. So I would always say, what is it that's working? 
And inevitably, people that are two, three, four years into their business, they know what works from advertising and marketing. And then inevitably, they lay out the smorgasbord of choices that's in front of them. Well, that doesn't really work that well. That's okay. That's a mediocre result. This is this. This one here works really well. It's like, well, how about we try this? Dispense with all of that and then just go with this and pour on the coals here and, and see what happens. And I find very quickly that enables them to kind of put the clutch in and smack it in the third gear. And once you get a little bit of momentum there and you start to accelerate, getting a bit more cash flow, getting a bit more revenue coming in, all right, well, let's start to introduce these things. They're, they're necessary things to have into your business, but they're not the critical drivers of your business. And distraction from a digital perspective is unfreaking believable. And I'm sure you'll agree with me here, Paul, that at any point you can get onto your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed. I don't know, maybe it's just the algo that targets me personally, but I can't scroll more than three scrolls with my fingers on my phone. And I've got a big screen on a Samsung Galaxy phone, three fingers without seeing an ad about some dude going, hey, do you want me to help you get more leads in LinkedIn? And we'll help you get more Facebook ads and we'll help you do this and we'll help you do that. And I'm like, oh man, that's so cool. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I should buy that guy's course. That's awesome. What, what would you say about distraction, Paul? Do you, do you get distraction? Yeah, look, uh, so yes, like I think, you know, most solopreneurs, you know, the reason you finally leave corporate is because you're constrained, right? And then you want to just be free and you've got a million ideas and it's very natural. So I spent you know, a lot of time going around and around in circles when I first left because of just so many ideas and chasing shiny objects. <laughs> and uh, I, I agree. And I suppose in a way you nearly become like a reformed person at the longer that you've been at it. And that's why it's good to come to someone that's already gone through that so you don't go through that cycle because yeah. five years can very easily be 12 months if you know which ones to do and which ones are working and which ones aren't. But I often get people come in and say, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm doing this webinar, I'm doing this Facebook ads, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and you know, I'm planning to do this, planning to do that. And exact same as you, it's like, well, no, what's the one thing? And uh, you know, at the moment, like I said, LinkedIn, I think that's sort of the gold rush at the moment. That's working really well. So, you know, we've got a tried, proven process, you know, just follow that and you're going to get 10 to 15 leads a month fairly easy and it's enjoyable. So, mm -hmm. you know, just do that at the moment. And then when you're tired with that and you've run that out, you know, because most people don't need lots and lots of leads to convert, you know, and I think a lot of a lot of the the marketers out there are more interested in, you know, sometimes earning more money for themselves than they are for, for the client. So, um, you know, and, and that's why we vetted so many people to, to look to avoid that. I, th I think there's something that I would add to that as well is I, I'm, and the reason I'm adding to it is because I'm guilty of it. And, and I, the, the podcast, the goal in podcast is a safe space. So I'll, I'll be vulnerable in the podcast and say I was naughty and did the wrong thing. I, I was working on some stuff for myself. And, and I was having this conversation with my brother, who's the, the smartest marketer that I know. He's like a really, he doesn't listen to this show, so I can say some nice things about him. I normally don't say nice things about him. But anyway, he's a really good sounding board. And, and he just, what he really does when he listens to what I'm saying, he's just holding a mirror up to me and saying, and he says it back to me. And I'm he's just really good at listening and, and articulating his message to me and, and understands my communication. And I think that's because he's my brother and I've known him my whole life and whatnot. And we work together at a business together sort of thing. And anyway, he's like, what are you doing with these, this Facebook stuff, Rob? When you get in front of human beings, you sell and you, and you make a lot of money. Why are you mucking around with this Facebook stuff? I got a little bit shirty if I'm completely honest about it. I was like, well, you know, I, I, because I can. And he's the wise, the, the wise older brother says, 
well, just because you can, mate, doesn't mean you should. Yes. And I, I think that might possibly be the most annoying, dumb, true thing that he's ever said to me. <laughs> do, do you see that? You must see that a lot with your, with your clients. Really highly skilled, highly articulate, trying to be in a space with distraction and, and focusing on something that's just not going to make him any money, right? Yeah, and, uh, and if, if everyone can just visualise for one second, it's uh, the Gary Keller book, The One Thing. Mm. You know, he talks about uh, he has a, a ball with lots of arrows. Let's say there's 10 arrows. So, you know, you're just going in so many different directions and then he's got one arrow, which is, you know, a lot further advanced and it's just one arrow. And, you know, that's what I say to people that, you know, just pick one thing to do and do really well. You always need a killer marketing asset in your business. Mm -hmm. So whether that's a podcast, whether it's a book, you know, something that you can say, this is unique to me and I'm doing really well. So you do that and then you find the best channel that works for you to actually drive that forward. And um, definitely most of the people that come to me, I'm stripping back things. Very, I'm not really adding things. Beautifully said. I love the minimization and the focus that's perfectly aligned to my mindset and exactly what I do with my clients as well. So nice job. Well, well done. And, and thank you for sharing that with us in the audience as well. Paul, you've got some big things coming up with Build, Live, Give. Tell us what's on the horizon in the next 12 to 18 months for you. Yeah, yeah. So um, like I said, we're doing lots of great things with uh, LinkedIn at the moment. So I won't go into the details here, but I, like I said, I'll leave it uh, a way that uh, you can all find out more about it. But I think that's working really well. Then we've got a membership. So we want to continue to build that. And, and basically, you know, if, if you think from November to, to basically now, I put most of my marketing on hold because I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen with my health. I didn't want to let people down in short. But uh, tomorrow I actually have a uh, biopsy of my kidney. And if that's all good, then I'm, I'm right to go. So uh, I'll be doing a lot more of that. And then uh, group mentoring. So we set up pods of about eight people. And, um, yeah, I really want to help people to basically, like you said, get out of that second to the fifth, staying on that analogy. And I think it's brilliant to hear other people's experiences and be within like-minded peers and also have the ability of someone to mentor and hold you accountable. So that's the key focus for us in the next 12 months. Yeah, that's fantastic. I would... Anybody that's listening to this that has never been part of an online accountability group like that, I would encourage that so very much. I did that recently in a couple of different forms, not me facilitating, but me participating in it. And it was amazing how much growth I had. And it was amazing how much I learned from the other people just in the way that I represented myself. And then you're in, you're in a safe space with people that say to you, nah, man, this is how you, to me, this is how you sound to me. You're trying to present yourself in A, B, and C, and you come out like X, Y, and Z. It's like, oh, really? Really? No, I don't do that. I don't. It's like when you, when you hear yourself or you see yourself on video, I'm like, I don't look like that or sound like that, do I? Actually, yeah, you do, you moron. <laughs> so online accountability for me like that has been absolutely critical to my growth in the last 12, 18 months. And if you're, you're doing that, setting up those pods, mate, that's well done. You know, get, get, a, get a hold of that, get part of that. If you're listening to this, make sure you connect with Paul and, and join those groups because nothing better. Maybe I'll come on over and join as well because you know, not as a goal in dude, just as a dude in the background trying to learn something. Yeah, There's always something <laughs> Great. Well, what's the best way for people to connect with you, Paul, and, and learn more about your stuff? You've got a little bit of an offer there going on for us as well. Yeah, yeah. so so I'd love to um, share with everyone. 
it's basically what the one percent of LinkedIn users are doing well. So um, you can get that. So just go to blgdownload.com. So it's just the letter blgdownload.com, and we'll give that to you. And also, if you want to find out anything else, my LinkedIn. So I post daily on LinkedIn. I try to give this, you know the best valuable content I can. So uh, just go and uh, connect with me, but please leave me a message. So say that you heard us, me on, you know, go all in podcast with Rob. So I know where you've come from because I don't accept anyone's connection unless they actually give me a personal message because I find, unfortunately, there's still a lot of people out there that as soon as, you know, you accept their connection request, you get one of those emails mm-hmm. or one of those mails that you don't want. So uh, blgdownload.com and LinkedIn are probably the two best ways. Excellent. And what's your website? Yeah, so it's buildlivegive.com. Awesome. And if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, again, just peek at your phone and you will see all of those links right there in the show notes to this podcast. So no need to go digging around the internet. Just look at your phone, see the show notes, and you can click right on the links and it'll open up the LinkedIn app for you straight there and open up the browser on your phone to visit the website and to get that great little offer that you've got going on. Thank you so much for that, Paul. I'd like to close out the podcast by asking one final question. You're, you're a busy guy, had some very serious health challenges that hopefully the, the listeners out there would never have to experience. And mate, I have to say you've handled that with grace and dignity. And it's an inspiration for me at watching that because I always wonder myself how I would handle something like that. And thank heavens, uh, my health is good. Nothing's ever happened like that. But I, I would like to think that I'd handle it with such grace as you have, mate. So well thank done. You. And my, my last question for you is, what is it that you do every day that keeps you bringing it and it keeps you going all in and sharp and focused for your clients and your customers? Yeah, look, uh, I've got a daily reflection that I read every day and it's basically what what means most to me. So I make sure that that's always front and center. So I've always got my higher purpose, what I'm trying to do, how I'm trying to add value to the world. I read that every day. And then I've also got my sort of key learnings. And uh, part of that is my mate who donated his kidney to me, which, you know, to me, he's the true hero in this story. And, um, you know, I make sure that I uh, call him every day, which is at the bottom of that daily reflection. So I always give him a call and connect with him because, yeah, he's given just me and my family a, a, an amazing new start in life. It's a beautifully said, mate. And, and what's your mate's name? Let's, let's name him, shall we? Can we? Yeah, so uh, Brendan Richardson. And, uh, of course, his nickname is Richo because, as you know, in Australia, you've normally got in <laughs> a name in O. Very nice. Well, thank you, Brendan, for giving us Paul and, and allowing us to have Paul on this earth a little bit while longer. I'm sure he's going to make the very most of that amazing gift that you've given to him. And kudos to you, mate, for living life to the full, mate. You absolutely embody everything it means to go all in. And you are exactly the reason why I started this podcast and the exact sort of person that I wanted to to interview. So thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us here on the show, mate. Really appreciate it. Yeah, brilliant, Rob. Great to be here. All right, mate, that wraps it up for the show. Thanks again. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Well, there you have it, folks. What an inspirational story. If you want to connect with Paul, just take a peek at your phone while you're listening here and you'll see all the links to his websites and his socials are right there in the show notes to this podcast. So no need to dig anywhere for it. It's right there. As always, if you have a question or a comment for the show, or if you've got an idea for a guest, just reach out to us via our socials or drop us an email at any time. And 
make sure you hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcasting app that you're listening on so you never miss an episode. And if you have a minute or two, I'd really appreciate a review at your favorite podcasting app because that helps us a whole boatload as well. Well, that wraps it up for the show today. Until next time, whatever it is that you're working on, whatever it is that you're doing, get busy, get to it, and go all in. I'll see you next time. She's a roller.